You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message. All right. Well, listen, if you got your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah. And uh, I tell you what, man, there is an awakening going on. And you can, the title of this is Tools and Weapons. And we need both. And I'm telling you, Ashley, he cracked open the door on something that really has been rattling around in my spirit. And uh, Lorraine, you were so nice this morning on the door. I I just have to tell her, she's so welcoming. She didn't want to beat me up this morning, but she was so nice. And I told her, I said, you know, I'll give you props for that. You know, so Scott's starting to get a handle on her. And... um, She does have tools and weapons, that's right. Oh, gosh. We always kid her about wanting to cut somebody because she grew up in the gangs. And, but <laughs> when you uh, look back in, in the Word and you look back in our history, uh, you can see an, there was outpourings of the Holy Spirit. There was great awakenings or, or revivals. And, and here's the deal. It was all of those. But the one thing that we're not told a lot of the time is that an outpouring or uh, revivals or uh, awakenings happen because God's people were out of order. They they needed a course correction. And, And that's what was so powerful about Big Jim's deal this morning. The little light was on and nobody was paying attention. Well, I thought it'd get brighter if it was, you know, one of them kind of deals. But no, nobody was paying attention to the light that was on, you know. And, um, and so in these great awakenings, listen, this ain't a woke thing, right? Because the news is telling you hear about the woke crowd. Listen, the devil always tries to pervert a move of God. And so you can always look in the natural what's going on in the spiritual realm. And God's waking his people up and stirring in their faith, but yet you'll see the perversion of it in the woke crowd. Come on. See, look in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 5. It says, and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Now, let me just kind of point out a few things here. Is that Nehemiah and Ezra, God began to stir, began to awaken them and give them a burden for Judah and Jerusalem. Because what happened was, is they got off course, they got out of alignment, God tore the place down, hauled off a bunch of folk, and they were in exile. Why? Because their little light was on for a long time and nobody was paying attention. Come on, does that make sense? And so at some point, God has to bring some correction and some alignment back, and sometimes we do this to ourselves. 
See, they were in exile because they got off course. But here, here's, the, here's the most awesome thing that I've that I seen in here is that, is that God used a Persian king to finance and rebuild his house. You can't miss this. Because too many Christians right now are all in the uproar because the government is so messed up. Let me tell you something. You let the favor of God come on your life and they'll pay for what you need done. Are y'all with me? <laughs> oh, man. Favor. What does it say? Favor is better than riches. Let me tell you something. God's favor opened more doors than money ever can. This king, Persian king, sent uh, Ezra and Nehemiah back with the seal and stamp to rebuild God's house. And here's the thing about when it needs to be rebuilt, it's in rubbish. It's a mess. It's been tore up, neglected. Listen, when, you, when things get stuck, just let your house go. Don't repaint. Don't caulk anymore. Don't do it and see what happens. You, you can't be hands off and just think your fences are going to stay up. Come on, everybody in here, if you got horses or cows, I guarantee you, you got a leaning fence post somewhere. If you don't straighten it up, you got cows out. Huh? Yeah, just be hands off. See what happens. It don't happen that way. Amos chapter 9, Amos begins to prophesy, in that day I will raise up the fallen booth of David and wall up its breaches. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. Listen, he's talking about breaches in a wall. He's talking about ruins. He's talking about having to rebuild something. Let me tell you something. Great awakenings, revivals, outpouring of the Spirit, whatever you want to call it, it's work. I'm telling you right now, it's work. It ain't just us all walking around just singing kumbaya and flowers in our hair and everybody getting along and everything working. No, it's work. It's cleanup. It's rebuild, it's tearing out, it's putting new, it's costly, it's time consuming, it's frustrating at times, and you're always gonna have an enemy fighting you at the same time. Come on, are y'all with me? Man, I look back through past revivals and you can always see where the enemy snuck in and brought flesh and ruined a good revival or awakening or an outpouring of the Spirit, come on. All the time. See, there's a cause for collapse. See, we get out, we get, we, God set before us a way of blessing. And when we walk in that way, we're blessed. And we're functioning, we're moving, we're going where God wants us. But when we get off, excuse me, when we get off course, we get off course. God never goes nowhere. It's us that goes somewhere. It's us that ignores that light that's on. Next thing you know, our marriage, our finances, our, come on, are y'all with me? See, over time, complacency, comfort, 
Human reasoning sets in. Next thing you know, we're in a storm and we need to be rebuilt. See, we let complacency come in and complacency is nothing more than us ignoring a danger down the road. And let me tell you something, Americans, we're good at that. We, we have become very good. Oh, we'll let so-and-so deal with that or we'll let somebody else deal with that. We won't, come on. Oh, I'm not going to the polls this time or no, I'm not going to the school board. Let me tell you something. We need to get involved, y'all. We've got to get involved. If you got kids on the school board, you need to be running for that school board. Because I'm telling you, I, when I laid over in Kansas on my way to Iowa the other day, the pastor in Kansas that I know, uh, I went to have uh, dinner with him and his wife. His wife is a school teacher, and she got a memo talking about uh, this... Uh, Oh, God, I can't even remember now. But basically, if little Billy wanted to be Beth, that's what you had to go with. Listen, Christian teachers, it's our duty. Parents, it's our duty. We've got to get this critical. What is it, Ivy? Critical race? Has that hit y'all yet? Critical race theory. I'm telling you, we've got to stand up. We can't just let this you know, go by. We've got to get active. You know, Nick, keep running. Keep running. Keep running. You know, we need to get on them school boards because if we don't, we're, we're, that's, there's nothing that brings more confusion to a kid. An identity crisis is what we're facing right now. It's an identity crisis. We can't be hands-off. We can't be complacent. Come on. God is always stirring in the heart of men. God stirs in the heart of his people. And, and I want to say this, and I want to uh, bring this point home, is that just because, listen, you can't pull your voice out just because there's no Christians where you're at. God's put you in that system for a reason. And too many times I have seen guys want to pull their voice out of the PRCA and the PBR, which is uh, professional rodeo cowboys and the professional bull riders. They want to pull their voice out of there because they, they're Christian now and this association is not Christian. And I'm like, no, that's not what you do. You're here in it, so you have a voice in it, and you're able to speak into these guys' lives. You're going to go off, try to start some Christian rodeo association, and it's going to fall flat on its face. Nobody wants to go watch a Christian rodeo. No, yeah, oh my God, you're, now I'm telling you, nobody wants to watch a Christian rodeo or Christian bull riding. They're not going to. And I can't tell you how many people, church folks, call me, hey, I want to do a Christian bull riding. I say, what are you going to call it? Christian cowboys and friends or whatever. I'm saying, I'm not in it. <laughs> and they get mad at me. And I'm like, well, who are you, who are you doing this for? If you're doing it for God, don't, don't, don't pitch it to the Christian folks. S sell it to the public. Well, 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 uh, 
I had to have this discussion the other day. The guys want to, they're building this huge arena and they're wanting to do all this stuff. And I said, be careful what you call it. He started telling me all the things he's not going to have. I said, well, then forget even building it. And the one thing that always pops up, we ain't selling beer. Well, then don't, you ain't going to get nobody. <laughs> Go on and get ready to not get nobody. We got a young man right here who works for a tobacco company. <gasps> but let me tell you what that young man does. He ministers to his team as they're promoting tobacco. Oh my God. Let me tell you, he's got favor in the company and he's able to minister to some of the people that no Christians want to go to. And he's right in the middle of it, right where he's supposed to be. Come on, people. Don't get so dead gum religious and so scared of sin that we forget the sinner. See, God ain't scared of that. He's wanting us to be right in the middle of it. Look in Daniel chapter 9. Look at Daniel chapter 9. Verse 4, this is Daniel. And I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and loving kindness. Notice what he did with the first words out of his mouth. When God began to stir Daniel, Daniel said, Oh God, he began to praise him. Well, how did Jesus tell us how to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's what Daniel just did. Hallowed be thy name. Started out with praise. Come on. Hallowed be thy name. Who keeps his covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned committed iniquity, acted wickedly, and rebelled, even turning aside from thy commandments and ordinances. Here's what Daniel said. Daniel recognized where we got off course. That's what he said. That word iniquity is we, he said, we have sinned. What he said was, we missed the mark. He said, we missed what we were supposed to be aiming at. We sinned. We missed the mark. Then he said we acted wickedly. In other words, we perverted our way. We crooked. Come on. Let me tell you something. The whole time before God came in, set his own house on fire, kicked all the walls in, and hauled them all out, they were still playing church. Man, is anybody in here? 
He said, we crooked and perverted the way. Here's what he said. Then we rebelled. Then we rebelled. In other words, we seen the little light on, Big Jim, but we resisted authority. That's what rebel. We resisted authority. The little light was on and we just constantly ignored it and ignored it and ignored it until the engine shut down. I was talking to Jess a while ago, her and her traveling partner she travels with at a barrel race on her way home. She's stuck in Mount Enterprise right now and in the, in, in she's driving a Freightliner and they have what they call a Kaiser button. And that Kaiser switch, when the oil pressure drops, it shuts the engine off. Let me tell you something. The engine's been shut off. And you're stuck there. Now, praise God, she was able to get the whole truck trailer off the side of the road. But I'm telling you, when that, when, listen, something was going on, something's been going on, we're shut down. We're in ruin. Come on. And so God's having to, there's, there's some rebuilding going on now. There's some things happening. Listen, look in, look in Daniel, look, keep reading. It says, we have sinned, we've committed ordinances. Moreover, we have not listened to thy servants, the little light, the prophets who spoke in thy name to our kings and our princes, our fathers and all the people of the land. Righteousness belongs to thee. In other words, that word righteousness there, blameless. God, you're blameless in this. We did it all to ourselves. See, and once the church realizes we got off course and we say, Lord, we missed that mark, then the rebuilding process can begin to take place. Praise God. Come on. That's that's what brings an awakening. Uh-oh, the oil pressure is gone. See, then you deal with it. See, we're at a point in this great awakening where we're having to deal with some ugly issues. And you can, listen, you can look at this message and you can look at what's going on as individual and you can also apply it as corporately. It's also corporately. Look in Daniel 25, I mean 9, 25. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be 77 weeks, six. 62 weeks, it will be built again and with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Now, there's plenty of preachers out there that can talk 70 weeks, 72 weeks. That ain't what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the decree went forth and nothing, not even distress or an enemy, is going to stop the rebuild. That's the, most, that's, the, that's the most important thing you need to see in this. It doesn't matter in times where we're at, if he's coming back today, tomorrow, uh, next week, or a thousand years from now. What you need to understand out of this scripture is once God decrees the rebuild, let me tell you something, nothing stops it. 
That's good news. That's good news. Regardless of an enemy and people, God will see it through to completion. Why? Because he's a God of covenant. God's more interested in rebuilding us than we are being rebuilt. God's more interested in building his church body. And he's, and listen, we're start. That's what we're waking up to. We are the church. The building ain't the church. Come on. Denomination ain't the church. We, the people that believe and do the commandments and cry out to God using our, come on, we're the church. See, when a decree goes forth, there's nothing that's going to stop it. Absolutely nothing. See, we find ourselves in the midst of this rebuild and we can't lose focus and we have to use the tools and weapons of the process. And let me tell you something, the greatest thing that I've learned rodeoing all these years is to be flexible and to adapt. Because the one thing that you lose uh, in, in a lot of uh, careers and jobs, they have, I mean, how many of y'all ever been frustrated when you call that helpline and they can't help you? Because it's A, B, or C and there's no flexibility. But let me tell you something about rodeo. Rodeo, anything, everything can go wrong at any time. Doesn't matter when, doesn't matter where. You better be flexible and you better be adaptable. Because at any point, two bulls will be in one shoot. And somebody thought it was a good idea to slide the slide behind them. And now you got two bulls on top of each other in the same shoot. That will shut a rodeo down. Come on. You got to be flexible. Listen, we can't lose focus on what's going on. We've got to be adaptable at your, on your jobs and your neighbor. And listen, that neighbor that you don't like, come on, they get on your nerves. We've got to learn, be flexible. How are we going to work through this? What are we going to do? Listen, God's rebuilding some things. Now look in Nehemiah. Four, kind of go back here. Looky, I done lost my spot. Nehemiah 4, verse 9. But we prayed to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. Thus in Judah it was said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. Yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's much rubbish, and you're going to have to stay focused. That's why people that are around you that don't, I'm telling you, there's people that don't know the word. And you can't get frustrated in the rubbish. You can't get frustrated in the rebuild because that's, 
it, it does get frustrating and rebuild. Because here's the problem. When you start tearing something else out, you always find something else wrong. And at some point, you get out of budget. Huh? And then you're like, oh, man. So you, in this rebuild, we're, there's stuff that's being taken down that's been holding us back, that's been rotting out the wall. But we got to go back with the right stuff. And we can't lose focus. And you can't, you, oh my gosh, you, you can't get so down that you forget, hey, we still got to work here. Because I'm telling you, our response to the rebuild is very critical. It's very critical because everything we do nowadays, it seems like it's under a bubble. Everything's under a microscope. It, but we, you can't let that stop you from still saying what's right and what's wrong. Come on. The burden bearers. Come on, that's the ones doing the work. See, the rebuild is work. And a lot of times, I can't, I, I'm telling you right now, when they were building our house, it was driving me nuts. Because they just, they'd be building the house and they would just walk out and every extension cord and, and hose was all twisted. And I mean, they left crap everywhere. I'd get in there every evening. I'd sweep up, roll up their hoses, Roll up there, you know, and at first I thought they'll get it after a while. They'll, they'll get it. I mean, picnic table right here, trash everywhere. So I go get a trash can. I put it next to the picnic table. Next day, trash everywhere. I mean, the trash cans can't get no closer. I, I mean, you could, you don't even have to be a basket. You don't have to be Shaquille O'Neal to hit that hole right there. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And just working rubbish. And they wonder why there's still their ladders are at my house. That's been three, four years. I still own their ladders now. And, 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 and tools. Just left tools. Now, of course, a couple of them walked off with my brooms that they did not use. So now I put stolen from Hilton cattle on everything. I, but listen, the rebuild is work because you got to clean up first. There, there's stuff that's got to be put in order. There's stuff that, you know, just makes the job work so much better. Come on, are y'all with me? Rebuild its work. See, no matter what we do in life, the right tools are vital to our success as well. You, you, I, I mean, I've been there to where I tried to drive a nail with a crescent wrench. Huh? Because I mean, 
instead of driving all the way back to get a hammer or I couldn't find my hammer. So I just, I, I think, man, I just, this one little nail, if I can do this, I can hold this piece of wire up and it'll be, come on, y'all ever been there? Hit your hand, you know, take, take your pliers and, you know, sit there and beat on the, the baling wire until you get it to break and, you know, Twist it, and your hands get hot. Yeah. Come on, right tools vital to success. And I'm telling you, Ashley laid it out perfect. Last Sunday was probably the best message I've ever heard in my life. I'm telling you, the words that come out of our mouth, that's our weapons, but it's also our tools. That's what's so powerful is the, the our words are our tools and they are our weapons. And we got to have both because we're fighting an enemy that we can't see. The weapons are war, of our warfare are not carnal, but they're our words. Come on, man. And, and I'm telling you, we have lost that. When the devil passes that thought through our mind, what do we do with that? Listen, the devil's always looking for what you're lusting after. Yeah. Seeing if he can get you to bite at it. Because he's trying to take it to heart and get a stronghold. And man, when he said that, we don't have weaknesses. The devil's got a stronghold. Come on now, that's good. Man, that was so powerful. We don't have weaknesses. The devil's just got a stronghold. And our words... When we speak the word of God is what tears down those strongholds. Come on. Exodus 23. Little by little, I'll drive out the enemy before you so that you could possess your land. See, we got to learn how to possess the promises and principles of God. That's why the promises and principles are so important. And that's why we got to continue to speak them. Come on. Because they tear down strongholds and they rebuild the walls and the breaches that we've allowed the enemy to come in and create rubbish in our life. Because we've ignored the little light on. When Ashley said that in 1 Samuel 13, now no blacksmith could be found in all the land of Israel for the Philistines said, otherwise the Hebrews will make swords and spears. Now, here's what you need to understand. Metallurgy is, is, is science, and it's, it, it's a technology of different properties of metals. And what they found was gold, silver, and copper. Now, gold and silver, you can take and you can uh, hammer it, and you can manipulate it, and it's soft enough, and it's that you can make things out of it. You can make rings and necklaces and they could do that. But copper, you can't do that. You have to melt it down. And then they found out if you add an oxidizer, some, cal uh, some sulfide to it, then what happens is, is it purifies, it keeps it shiny, keeps the oxygen like a flux on a welding rod, and it keeps the oxygen off of it and keeps it pure. And so they started melting it. And so when they started discovering, this is like 
6,500 years ago. And so when they started discovering more metals, they started mixing and heating those up and they started getting the alloys, different alloys. You get your chrome, your cop, you know, your different alloys. And, and so metal, the technology and science of metallurgy was started thousands of years ago. And so what happened was, is that the Philistines had this technology and they was keeping it secret. Here's what is so interesting. When David killed the giant, the technology got out. Come on, man. When David killed the giant, with a sling and a stone. Come on, you don't have to have everything but his words. When the enemy began to declare and pervert, come on, the promised land that the Israelites weren't possessing because they done allowed an enemy to come in and possess their promise David began to declare back at him, you uncircumcised, you ain't got a covenant, I got a covenant, and today I'll feed you to the dogs and the birds of the air. And only with a uh, slingshot, he fell. Then David had a sword. Come on, is anybody in here? Then the technology got out. Come on. Listen, the enemy is always trying to keep you in the dark about what your tools and your weapons are. Why would he try so much to not even try to get people, don't even mention the Holy Spirit, your comforter, your guide, your, come on, I remember growing up, you didn't talk about the Holy Ghost. You didn't talk about speaking in tongues. You didn't talk about spiritual warfare and demons and, you know, come on, are y'all hearing me? Because they, the enemy doesn't, he wants you in the dark without sword. Come on. How powerful. How powerful. Listen, and here's what you need to understand too. The, the thing about evolution has always taught us that the strongest survive, right? That's always been their deal. That ain't the case. It's the ones who are willing to stay the most focused on the task at hand. That's the ones that survive. I can tell you, we've been in the bull business a long time, and I've seen a lot of rich people come and go. Lots of them come and go. But I'm telling you right now, the ones who are able to stay focused and adapt will stay. Come on. See, the devil's always trying to keep us in the dark. See, you don't have to have Lots of great technology. 
You just need to be obedient and be able to speak the word of God. Now look in verse one of Nehemiah four. Now it came about that when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious, very angry, and mocked the Jews. And he spoke in the presence of his brothers and in the wealthy men and and the wealthy men of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifice? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was near him and he said, even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, would break their stone wall down. Come on. That's exactly where we're at right now. We got an enemy telling us who are these Christians think they are. They're a bunch of bigots. They're a bunch of racists. They're a bunch of, come on. They're trying to frustrate the rebuilding, the great awakening, the revival, the outpouring of the Spirit. He's trying to frustrate all that. And I'm telling you right now, there is a lot of folks saying, oh, we're just going to... I don't believe all that stuff. We're just going to lock up. Jesus is coming back. We're done. And they're just staying right where they're at. People are being drugged back into legalism. People are being, come on, are y'all in here? Oh, the cross, the finished work of the cross. And everybody's just hung up at the cross. Nobody's occupying. If you don't occupy, it turns to rubbish. Come on. If your hand's off, it's going to turn to rubbish. If you don't put a new coat of paint on it, it's going to come on. Come on. That's where we're at. We got the enemy trying to sow seeds of doubt and see, come on. Oh, y'all ain't going to rebuild that thing. It's too late. You need to just wait on Jesus. Come on, man. Are y'all hearing me? No, it's going to be, it's work. It's rebuild. Here, Look in verse four. Here's the response of Nehemiah. Hear, O our God, how we are despised. Return their reproach on their own heads and give them up for plunder in a land of captivity. Well, that's not very Christian-like. Right? Do not forgive their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out before thee. In other words, he's saying, Lord, remember you defeated the devil. Don't let my enemies triumph over me. Lord, you see what the devil's trying to do. Come on, he's not going to stop you. Look, I got one, my youngest kids in the ER with, with a broke ankle last night. And my other daughter, she's up. That don't stop nothing. It's not going to stop me from praising. It's not going to stop us from what we're doing. My wife's up there at the ER. Look, all my kids are on the road right now. But you know what? I got peace knowing God's going to bring them all home. Am I? No, God's not mad at me. I didn't sin. And and all this reproach is coming against my house. Because that's what happens. Oh, pastor must have sinned. Look at all. I mean, He's on. Hey, everybody's gone. Everybody's broken. No, things happen. 
Life happens. We, we just happen to be in a rough industry. Th things happen. But let me tell you something. Our response is, oh God, you see what the enemy's trying to come against my house. I thank you that you're going to bring all my kids, all my grandkids home. <laughs> That's right. So we built the wall and the whole wall was joined together to half its height for the people had a mind to work. Now it came about when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Arabs, and Amorites, and Ashdites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance. Let me tell you something. Y'all know the story. They would have a tool in one hand and a sword in the other. They had a 24, listen, we have a 24-7 enemy relentlessly trying to pursue us and take us out. You've got to know that. You've got to be able to fight against that. Listen, verse 4, verse 5, look what it says. I didn't finish reading that. It said, do not forgive their iniquity and, and let not their sin be blotted out before thee for they have demoralized the builders. This is what I want you to see. I thought, that's a heck of a, demoralized? I had to look it up, Brittany. Demoralized? What, what has that got to do with, I would think something like, trying to, uh, you know, get, a, you know, oppress them or, you know, no, demoralize. Because here's what happens. That word demoralize, this is so good. To cause to turn aside or away from what is good or true or morally right to corrupt the morals or discourage or dispirit. What happens is, is when we get demoralized, when we get discouraged or dispirited, we turn from God's way. Then God gets angry at us. Come on. God gets angry at us. Instead of repenting and continuing rebuilding and we continue on the wrong course and, it, and we don't keep building, we get so far off course, we are in a bind. And then the correction, it takes a stirring in somebody that says, wait a minute, I see the problem. We've been demoralized. We've done change the whole way that God had. We are missing the mark. Yeah. Come on, y'all get that. Yeah. 
And so, listen, we don't have a weakness or an enemy problem. We have the victory over the enemy. He can't stop the rebuild because the decree has already gone forth. And if we just stay focused and keep going forward, the enemy can do everything in the world, but he can't stop us. What stops us in rebuilding and cleaning up the rubbish is when we ignore the light and we continue on a course of immorality. Come on, man. We've got to realize our prayer should be, Father, forgive us. When my people who are called by my name figure this thing out and repent. Come on. Because we've allowed the enemy to get us so far off track and create a stronghold and rubbish. Come on, man. Something that we see often in ministry is people get frustrated and they lose their fight in the process of what Paul said, I'm working out salvation. Let me tell you something. I like to say it this way. Fight for your salvation. Come on. Oh, but we're, we're just, we, we said the prayer. Yeah, but the little light's on. There's some things we need to work on. You got your helmet of salvation. Now go on, get that blessed prayer of righteousness. Get your sword. Come on. You, you got to have, you can't just stop with the helmet. You can't just stop with the belt of truth. You can't just stop. You put on the full armor of God. Why? Because you're going to have to fight and you're going to have to build. You're going to have to fight and you're going to have to build. And praise God, the same weapon that we fight with is the same weapon we're building with, our tongue. Oh, man. You can't get dispirited. See, we see people get frustrated in the process, not just in working out their salvation, but they get frustrated in waiting on the promises while they're doing the principles. That's why we have such a problem with tithe. People get so upset about tithing because it's a principle. And you, well, I did it for a week and I didn't see nothing. We'll do it for about a year and see what happens. Do it for a lot. Yeah, just see what, just, it's the only place in the Bible. Come on. You want to possess? You want to grow your business? You want to get the... You, you can't. I, it's, it, it's un, I, I'm telling you, I, I, it's, it's amazing about how God wants us to live in the promises but if we can't do the simple principles, we can't possess the promises. That's right. That's good right there. Write that down. Come on, is anybody in here? If we can't do the simple principles, we can't possess. And then the enemy is possessing 
what we should be promised. It can't get any plainer. Come on. See, the devil is always after servants. See, there's a thing called seed, time, harvest. And he tries to frustrate us in the time part. Come on. So that he can get our harvest. Every time, every time God's people quit doing the principles, the enemy would come in and steal their harvest. <laughs> oh, man. That's what was going on with Gideon. That's why Gideon was hiding. They were off track. Come on, y'all with me? See, the devil's always trying to get us offended. Frustrated, demoralized. Quit ministry to leave offended, leave hurt. Listen, I'm telling you right now, pastors can't, pastors can't hardly preach anymore. Because everybody so, gets so offended. Yeah. That's their job. <laughs> to be quite honest, that's just our job. Right? I mean, people, let me tell you something. It, it, you just can't imagine. You're going to offend people and you didn't even mean to, uh, mean to offend people. Your Christianity and the truth that you walk in, it's just going to offend people. So get ready for it. Come on, are y'all hearing me? It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. That's the way it is. And people hadn't learned how to sit down and, and discuss the Bible without getting mad. <laughs> we see it a lot. And what it is, is it's the enemy trying to create rubbish out of what God designed to speak of his glory. Come on. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, destroy. That's his job. Isaiah 2, 4. And he will judge between the nations and will render decisions for many peoples, and they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Let me tell you something. This is where the church failed. That's not where we're at. We're not into hammering our swords and our spears into plowshares. That's not where we are. That's when the Messiah comes and we don't have an enemy anymore. Come on, are y'all hearing me? But too many Christians just got their helmet of salvation and took their swords and their spears and made, oh, we're going to sow, you know, seed with. That's not where we are. That's coming, but that's just not where we are. See, we have a spiritual battle that we face 24 7, and you got to learn how to fight it. Every time the devil comes to tell you you're not worthy, you look at him and you tell him, let me tell you something. You're not the one to tell me that. That's right. Because I got an entire book yes. where God's been after me. Yes. Where I'm the apple of his eye. Yes. Where he says I'm something. Yes. 
where he says, quite frankly, you're the loser. So you can go to hell. <laughs> Listen, Ephesians 6, 17, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. And then he breaks it down, which is the word of God. Come on. Until Jesus shows up. Let me tell you, here's what's amazing. Until Jesus, <laughs> I, love, I love Joshua's response when he got into the promised land. He got into the promised land and there's Jesus standing there and Joshua's response was, are you for me or are you against me? Yeah. He wasn't beating his sword into a, Jesus said, <laughs> I'm here to take over. Yeah. Till Jesus comes up and says, hey, I'm here boys, I'm back. Yeah. Come on. We still need to be swinging that sword, speaking the word of God. Our tools and our weapons, they build, they tear down, and they set the devil to flight. Life and death's in the power of the tongues. That's what Proverbs says. There's life and death in the power of your tongue. What are you speaking over yourself? Well, that's conceited. No, it ain't. Let me tell you something. If nobody else is going to speak life over you, you speak life over you. Praise God, I got a wife that crawls up in a chair every morning and speaks life over me, over our kids, over our ministry, over our ranch. Come on, over you. Speaks life. Come on. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. There it is, man. It can't get no more plain than that. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Come on, what do you want to see happen at your house? What do you want to see happen in your business? What do you want to see happen in your kids? What do you want to see in your grandkids? Well, come on. Start speaking it. If there's a mountain in front of them, start speaking it. If there's a giant taunting, start speaking it. Come on, if you're scared to scream out and holler, just come on out to the house. I got plenty of room. Nobody even hear you. I'd take you about two and a half miles back over there. You can scream all you want. And then call me because the skeeter's going to get you. <laughs> or take off. I don't know how long it'll take you. But you can get out there. Come on. 1 Peter 2, 4, 6. I love this. And coming to him as living stones, rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. Look what he says. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. Come on, we are being rebuilt as a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Why is that important? Because see, our victory is in Christ. Our righteousness is in Christ. And so as we begin this rebuilding process, have you ever been in a crowded room where everybody's talking? 
Come on. And sometimes it's just when, when you step back from the conversation and you just hear everybody talking in the room, you really don't know what's being said, but you can just hear it all. It's, it's almost deafening. Come on. Imagine God's house. And every, if nobody praises, he will cause the, think of every stone in God's house crying out to God. That's what the church is supposed to sound like. A deafening roar. Oh man, come on. A deafening roar. Come on. Where the enemy is confused. Where the enemy trying to come against it but there's this deafening roar coming from the rebuild of the house of God and it's going and it's reaching heaven let me tell you something only heaven knows exactly what's being said because only heaven can hear every single stone as it cries out for family as it cries out for marriage as it cries out come on are y'all hearing what I'm saying only heaven can separate. Can you imagine how confusing when the enemy comes at you one way, he flees seven different directions because every time you see God's enemies destroyed in the Old Testament, it's because they were in confusion because they were hearing uh, armies in the treetops. They were hearing, come on! And fear melted the hearts of the enemies because God's people working in unison with one mind, they weren't demoralized and they wouldn't stop rebuilding, but they kept on building until finally. Come on. See, it's about us knowing that we have the tools and the weapons to continue building. It doesn't matter what our politicians are saying. It doesn't matter what the economists are saying. Let me tell you something, Lisa Buttrick, you are gonna be the most successful realtor. It doesn't matter what's going on. I don't care how high prices of lumber, I don't, I don't care. People are gonna buy your houses. I don't care what the enemy is trying to tell you. You're worthy. The wooden spoon is going to be more successful than you ever could imagine. By God, it's good business. You can go see that lady. My oldest granddaughter working for her, and I set my oldest granddaughter down. I said, let me tell you something. I said, you get in that little thing box that they're in right now. You learn everything from that woman you can. That woman can cook right there. 
Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Every stone crying out to God. Remember me. Remember me. Remember my house. Remember my kids. Come on. Remember. God, we thank you and we praise you. Come on, y'all stand. Come on, we're in the midst of a rebuild. We're in the midst of the greatest outpouring of our lives. Don't just sit and watch. Don't get frustrated or demoralized. Come on, I know what you fix and say. It's kind of about the light because I had that little light come on in my car <laughs> and I didn't do anything about it right fast. You know, it came on, I thought, but it's driving fine. Nothing was overheating. Nothing was doing anything. It was still going. And I, I was like, okay, you know, I just had to get to work. And I got home and told my husband, hey, the light came on. We need to take it. And this, you know, went on for two or three days and we just never took it. And part of me was worried about it. The other part was like, I knew I had people I could fall back on to come get me if I broke down somewhere. There was always people back there, other people who could help me. Until one day, I had to drive downtown Houston to the medical center with all that cruddy construction and it was pouring down rain in and my car's got that little light on. And all of a sudden, that little light is really bright and really big, and I'm really, really wishing I would have done something about it two weeks ago. Because now I'm really scared and nervous. Because, you know, now if it breaks down, it's going to be huge. And that, you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, you, you think you have people, you know, you're not so worried about that light or that little check in your spirit because there's always people around you who can help you out and build you up and do all that kind of stuff. But you're going to come to a point when you're all by your lonesome. And you're going to have to be the one to deal and, and get it straightened out yeah. and deal with the consequences. The other thing about that little light is, is it went out after I filled up with gas. <laughs> when you fill back up with what you're supposed to have in you with the Spirit, that's how you get that light to go away. Yeah, that's good. When you get full of what you're supposed to have. Hmm. You know, I know if a few weeks later, my alternator just died and I just coasted into where I was going to be, but that's a starter. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things that need to be fixed. Your start, and you need to be gassed up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Man, oh man. Lord, we come to you. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our life. Father, we ask 
And we just pray, Lord, as we are being built up, Lord, we pray that we have the faith to be able to see and face an enemy, even if it's with a stone. And Lord, I thank you right now for all that you're going to do here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.